Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards, and I'm here to talk to you about how to have an incredible life. You know, sometimes when, you, when I say something like that, I, I'll get reactions from people. Oh, you're just going to just give us a feel-good gospel. Well, you know what? It does feel good to know that God loves you. It does feel good to know that God sent Jesus so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. It feels good. It is enjoyable. It is a reason to celebrate. You know, that's why the Bible says that, that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy, 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 joy is a part of this, this life of a celebration. You know, people who think that that uh, you, you, you're, you're compromising because you have a good, healthy, positive word, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sad for them because it's like, I, I, you're missing out. That's sort, of like, that's sort of like getting married and saying, you know what, we're never gonna make love, we're never gonna kiss, we're never gonna sleep together, but, uh, but I'm gonna pay the bills for you or something like that. I, you know, it just, uh, it just blows my mind. You know, today we are talking about a, the God of order. Now, this is so important. Uh, and and I, I really had planned to continue in Finding Divine Life, the series that we, that we did last month. But I just kind of felt the Lord said, all right, now it's time to bring in another perspective so that people, people get to see uh, the things that would keep them from making this journey down this path of righteousness. Um, so God is a God of order. 1 Corinthians 14, 33, simple scripture filled with enough information to honestly preach for a month every day. It says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Now, that scripture might not mean a lot to you if you don't have a biblical concept of peace and a biblical concept of, of confusion. You know, when the Bible talks about Adam and Eve, they, um, you know, they took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What's really interesting about that is the Hebrew word for good, you know, not only means pleasant, it not only means desirable, it not only means, you know, godly, but it also means harmony. It has to do with being in harmony with God. And that word evil, you know, we, that's not a great translation of the Hebrew word. That word evil uh, in modern language, you know, you just think about wickedness and, you know, really bad, bad things. But really that word evil gets into chaos and destruction and, and death and this sort of thing. Now, what you want to understand is this. Confusion and peace fall into these categories of good and evil. There are subcategories of the words good and evil, if you understand what I'm saying. And, but let's, let's just talk about peace for a minute, because peace, you know, we think of peace just as a tranquil state of mind. And you think, well, what is peace? Why is that juxtaposed over against the word confusion? Well, number one, if there is confusion, there is not going to be tranquility. There is not going to be uh, uh, the capacity to, to remain at peace. 
But it's, it's really even bigger than that because the, the word peace, which comes from the Hebrew word shalom, uh, it's a really, really interesting word. I mean, it is this incredibly inclusive word that has this, this uh, immense uh, uh, sense of, 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 of a broad definition that includes so many things. But the word, the word peace gets into the concept not just of a tranquil state of mind, because you can have a tranquil state of mind by believing a lie. And, and in the end, that false peace seduces you and you get destroyed by whatever it is that you thought was giving you peace. You know, at the end of time, the man of lawlessness will come in the name of peace and he will bring peace to a world in chaos. Uh, but it won't be peace that is based on the word of God. It won't be peace that is based on the character of God. It'll be a peace that's, that's based on circumstantial situations uh, that at the end of the day, because they're not harmonious, with God's word, with God's promises, they're going to they're going to end up causing chaos and conflict. But the the word peace in the Hebrew, as well as the New Testament Greek word for peace, is the same word for healing. It's the same uh, word for prosperity. In other words, it gets into all of our needs being met. And so our tranquility is based on the fact that in Jesus. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been taken care of and has already been provided. And we can enter into that. And that's what in the New Testament is called kingdom living or living in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And so we can enter into that. And so we don't really have to walk around in dread and trepidation. We don't have to be in anticipation of things going, going wrong or even if they do go wrong, we if we trust God and we abide in that realm, then we always know the resources for anything that we face are immediately available to us. But within this concept of peace is also the concept of order. And this is so incredibly important because uh, Satan is the author of confusion, chaos, and conflict. And, and that becomes a a great part of how he is able to reign. You know, if you look around in the political scene today, the people that are, that are creating the chaos use the chaos to mask what their ulterior motives are, what their true motives actually are. And, and interestingly, usually the people that create chaos are the ones that come in and offer you a solution to the chaos. And it's, Ironic that the solution to the chaos is always going to be that you give away some of your freedom of choice. Now, let me just say this. And this, this is something everybody needs to understand. God never tries to take away your freedom of choice. God always presents choices to you. And based on your character, based on your trust for God and his promises, you will choose or maybe based on as well as the lack of your trust for God and his promises, you're going to make a choice and you're going to choose the path that you walk based on what you believe and what you trust. And in the path of peace, you ne there's order and there is never the loss of, of the freedom of choice. Now, what, what has this got to do with enjoying divine life? What has this got to do with a, uh, uh, you know, participating in the abundant life that Jesus came and offered us. Well, I'll tell you something. 
when I gave my life to the Lord, one of the things that I'm so thankful for, I had no religious background whatsoever. Now, half of my family was Church of Christ, half of my family was Baptist, and I listened to them fight. And when they fought, yeah, my emotions sometimes would get kind of jacked up because of, uh, of how they were abusing each other. But basically, when they fought, it was stupid. It was nonsensical. It was about things that didn't matter. And it was about people taking positions, claiming to be right on something they couldn't prove. And, and so I, I just always thought it was absolutely crazy. When I gave my life to the Lord, and many of you have heard me share my testimony, you know, uh, uh, man, I, I wanted God. I mean, I wanted God all of my life. Couldn't find God. And, uh, you know, I got so desperate as, uh, uh, as a teenage hippie that I started going around to churches around Huntsville, going into pastor's offices and, and uh, telling them who I was. Hey, I'm, I'm Jim Richards. I'm a, I'm a professional musician. I play in bars. Uh, you know, I, I drink every day. I do drugs every day. I sell drugs. But man, I'm, I, I know I'm going to hell. I know my life is hell. I, I'm trying to find God. Now, here's the amazing thing. Number one, out of all the ministers that I talked to and all the Christians I talked to, not one ever told me what Jesus did for me at the cross, which is an amazing thing since that's what salvation, that's, that's, what, that's the faith in the resurrected Lord Jesus, what he accomplished at the cross is really where salvation emerges from. It's not just the faith in some generalized sense of Jesus. So nobody, nobody would tell me. Uh, matter of fact, I even had one pastor tell me, he said like, don't get excited, nobody's going, nobody's going to hell, don't worry about it. And so it was just chaotic mess that people told me. And, and, you know, it just sounded like the same stuff that my, that my family used to fight over that made absolutely no sense. And no matter who won the fight, it wasn't going to make your life any, any better. And so some of you have heard me tell this story where I was going to Athens, Alabama to, to check out a drummer. I was putting a new band together and my bass player and I were, you know, had driven over there together. And, uh, his cousin was, was a drug supplier uh, that got drugs into Huntsville. It was a source for us to get good drugs sometimes. And um, his cousin got saved. <laughs> and it's like, he was so upset that his cousin got saved. His cousin evidently witnessed to him because he didn't know anything about the Bible. And he started telling me, he said, he's... He's blankety blank telling me you got to blank and believe on Jesus and Jesus died for you and you're blanking for God. Or I mean, he just he really shared everything from a critical, uh, <laughs> full of curse words point of view. He shared the gospel with me that his cousin had shared with him. And for the first time in my life, I heard the gospel. And so, man, when I let him out of my car, I, I just said, hey, God, I, look. I didn't, I didn't know I was against you. I, I thought I was kind of neutral here. But you know something? I don't understand this. It's got something to do with you dying on the cross for me. But here's the deal. Uh, I will give you my life, but I will not play church 
And I will not believe anything about you that I don't find in the Bible for myself. That's how my journey started with God. Now, I was open to being taught. I was open to people helping me understand things. But I had to see it, and I had to believe it for myself. Now, when I began reading the Bible, fortunately, and I don't know, you know, I ignorantly stumbled into so many great things. But, uh, you know, I just said, look, God, you know, you got to teach me. You got to be my father here. You got to teach me what this stuff means. I can't understand this, you know, unless you show me how to use this in my life, then I, I, I can't get anything out of it. And that was, that was my beginning journey. Well, you know, when I started going to church, I'd already read the New Testament at least once, maybe twice. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I have a, some, a, some knowledge of the Bible. Turned out, at, you know, in being saved less than three months, I knew more about the Bible than most people sitting in church there because most of them had not read it for themselves, which was really sad. But one of the things that struck me very early in my walk with God is the contradictory statements that people would make in regard to God. You know, people would say, oh, man, God loves you. Listen, God loves you. But then you would hear somebody say that God killed somebody because you didn't do something right. I'm like, what? Or, you know, somebody have an automobile accident. Well, we don't know why God did that or allowed that to happen, but he's trying to teach you something. I'm like, wait a minute. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit's the teacher. And, and I'm telling you, the, the contradicting beliefs that I met when I first got saved. Honestly, if I had not read the Bible for myself, and if I was not serious about walking with God, I would have probably just walked out of that place and been finished because I, I would have thought all Christians are crazy. And if that's what's in the Bible, then, then either there is no God or God's crazy. But, you know, God is not the God of confusion, and He is not the God of conflicting realities. Uh, John, the first chapter, says this in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, I understand that in the Greek, Word is the Greek word logos. And I understand that this is very specifically in context speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ and Him being one with God. And Logos is a really interesting word. Logos is, um, is a word that has to do more with what's behind the word, the integrity behind the word, the logic that's behind the word, the dependability that's behind the word, the continuity uh, of the word, than it is just the, just the spoken word itself. And so Jesus came and he was the model of the consist to show us God's word, what it would look like in real operation because religion had it so conflicting. Religion had it so messed up. Now, <clears throat> I'll have conversations with people, ministering to people. You know, uh, again, I've, I've got uh, nearly a half a century of ministry under my belt. I've, I've, I've talked to thousands of people. And uh, I'm talking about one-on-one. -on -one. And so I'll be dealing with somebody that's in conflict. And, the, and I'll, one of the interesting, you know, everybody comes in and says, well, what do I need to do? Well, you know, the real question about solving your problem, the root question is not what you need to do. The root question is what do you need to believe? Because here's the amazing thing. 
you can do the right things. But if you don't believe the truth, the logos, the wisdom, the logic, if you don't approach that application from the perspective of a belief, then it, you sometimes can't even get the right thing to really work out the way it's supposed to work out, produce the fruit that it's supposed to produce in, in your life. And many people do the right thing, but they do the right thing with no logos, no reasoning, no, no truth behind why they're doing it. Somebody just told them that they're supposed to do it and it doesn't work. You know, when I was a young pastor, uh, like all young pastors, you know, sometimes somebody would come in and they would tell me about a situation they were facing. I'd, and they would say, what would you do? Well, asking somebody else, what would you do? That's the dumbest question you can ever ask because you know, because they say, what would you do if you was me? Well, if I was you, I'd be doing the same thing you're doing, <laughs> you know. And the, the dumbest advice you can ever give anybody is, if I were you, this is what I would do. And, you know, you don't know that. And sadly, many people don't know that their whole lives. But, you know, I, I would say, when they would ask me, what would you do if you were me? I said, well, I, I, I would do this. Now, here's the thing. I would advise them to do something that I would do or maybe have already done in similar circumstance and it would work for me. Oh man, next thing I know, I'm getting a phone call a week later from somebody saying, look, man, you ruined my life. I did what, I did what you told me to do and this is the reaction. Now everybody's mad at me. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, I didn't tell you to do it. Secondly, I answered your question. What would I do if I were you? But what I was really answering and didn't know it, I was saying, this is what I would do in this situation. Because you see, I would do whatever I advise them to do based on what I believed in my heart, based on what I believed would work, based on what I knew about God. And sadly, they were just doing it because they had asked me for advice. I told them what I would do. They tried to put it in practice and it would not work. Now, with the Logos of God, there, there's so many factors to the logos of God. But here's one of the things we understand about the word, the Greek word logos, and about the logos of God. And that is that uh, the, the logos, the word of God, is true because it is harmonious with the heart of God. And every it has to be in harmony with every word that God's ever spoken or it's not true because then it becomes confusion or chaos. And, you know, I've mentioned this several times. In the book of Genesis, when God said, let there be light. And then when God said, let this happen. And then many times after he would do that, he would, it, it would say that he, you know, that he saw it and it was good. So the word said, as I've shared with you many times, is the emphasis in that word is not the fact that God spoke. It's the fact that God spoke what he had conceived in his heart. So he, 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 he's a faith God. He operates faith just like we do. So he first conceived something in his heart and spoke it. Now, if God speaks words that are in contradiction to each other, then he has a crooked heart. And a crooked heart can't find good. It can't find harmony with God because 
uh, there is no crooked path with God. All God's paths are righteousness or or as you know, some scriptures say in the Hebrew, all God's paths are straight. They are, they are not crooked. They are not bent. They are not twisted. So when, when I come up with two opposing beliefs, like, okay, God will heal me, but God will make me sick. Uh, you know what? That's crooked. That's, that's conflicting. I'm saying that God is conflicted in his heart. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know what? I don't think I really want to be accusing God of being, of being conflicted in his heart. So <clears throat> I had to, dis I, I, you know, I made this decision early on and, you know, I've, I've stuck to it all these years. And, and my decision was this. I don't need to get in a hurry to understand everything that I read in the Bible. What I really need to do is I need to always be seeking God to be teaching me how to put this into practice. Because the real truth is Jesus said in John 7 that you only would understand that his doctrine was from God uh, when you sought to put it into practice. So, and I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about where you're earning something from God or you're, you know, you have to do it or you'll get in trouble. I'm saying I believe God is the source of life. He is the source of peace. I believe that in his word, if I allow the Holy Spirit to always show me how to put it in practice uh, from the motive of love, that I'll never have conflicting beliefs. I'll never have conflicting doctrines. I will always be in peace. Absolutely all the time. So in talking to people, I am always finding that People have all of these conflicting beliefs that they have never resolved. You know, when I, when I first got saved, I got, I got saved in August, and uh, I believe it was in February, I had a child to die. And so one of the things that people began to say to me right off the bat is that God did that for some reason. Now, i got news for you. If I had believed that, that... That would have probably been the end of it for me. But the biggest thing is, I couldn't see that in the life of Jesus. I could never see Jesus walking up to somebody and saying, I have a lesson I'm going to teach you, and then lay his hands over on that person's child, and that child die, and then he used that for an object lesson. That is not anywhere. You don't see that in the Scripture as what God uses to teach somebody. God uses his word and he uses the Holy Spirit and that comes together in a person's heart to, with, their, with however their intention is. If they intend to walk in love, if they intend to be a blessing or whatever, that, that's, that's what they do. So, so there's no, there is no chaos with God. There is, you know, God is, Je is Jehovah Rophi, the Lord God that heals. There is not a Jehovah Rophi, the Lord God who, who kills and makes sick. God is, he is, he, he is Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd who always leads us. He is not Jehovah, I will abandon you if you make me mad. 
He is, he is Jehovah Shalom. You know, I will keep you in peace. Not Jehovah, I will torment you to teach you something. He, he is Jehovah Jireh, uh, Jehovah who sees and provides, not Jehovah who takes away from you as a way to teach you. I, I, I'm going to tell you, you can never have solid faith when you have contradictory beliefs about God. And unfortunately, they do. Now, we're going to be talking about the book of Job this month. And actually, every few years I teach on this and I, and I update the series. But we're going, to be, we're going to be talking about this because one of the places that people go to when you start talking about the goodness of God, one of the places that people go to is, is well, what about Job? And when people go to that place, um, sadly, most of what they quote is quoted out of context. Uh, most of what they quote denies the names of God. Most of what they quote denies the life, the teachings, the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, I remember I was in Honduras doing a crusade one time, and I carried a bunch of ministers down there with me, and a particular lady went, went down with us, and, and we were sitting there one day, and I was just sharing some really encouraging things. And she said, well, look, what about Job? She said, now, I, you know, I, I know, you know, you, you want to bring up that thing about the cross. I'll tell you, my, my head almost caught on fire. Bring up that thing about the cross. Well, wait a minute. If, if anything I believe about the Bible is in contradiction to the cross, what Jesus accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection, uh, obviously, I am in theological, mental, and emotional confusion, and maybe on the borderline of chaos, because there's got to be harmony. There has to be harmony with every word God's ever said. There has to be harmony with the names of God. There has to be harmony with what Jesus modeled in his life, his teaching, his ministry, the way he treated people. But there's specifically more than any other place. We have to know that there's absolute harmony in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So you know what? This is not a series I'm going to teach you to get on to you and tell you what you're wrong about. This is going to be a, a series that I'm going to teach you that's going to help you have confidence in the promises of God, help you know the, the consistent, pre preemptive, proactive love and character and nature of, of God the Father has demonstrated through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, man, strap on your seatbelts and be sure and be with me every week. Share this with other people. And listen... And I always tell you this, one of the ways that, you know, we are cre starting Bible schools all over the world. We are helping leaders uh, all over the world. We're publishing materials. We're getting programs like this out for free on our website. We got more free uh, information than you can get almost anywhere. And part of the way we finance that is, is with these series. Now, we give you all the information you're going to need, really, in a broadcast. But for many of you who want to go deeper, who you're making the journey as a disciple, you can get the series called The Truth About Job, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. And, and you can go deeper in this. You, you, you can... Uh, uh, discover that which kind of the average person, it would be too much. They're just not interested. They don't, they, they don't want to go that far. Or they don't feel like they need it. And that's fine. But you know what? Go to my website, www.impactministries.com and check out this series. I'm telling you, it is going to give you hours of in-depth teaching to help you have a, a congruent, harmonious, peaceful 
belief in who God is. And you know what? There's, there's something else that you can do. You can participate in all sorts of resources that we have on our website. And you can help other people participate. Uh, if you're watching this by YouTube, then make comments, you know, share with us. If this is helping you make comments, I'm telling you what that will, uh, that will cause other people to see it, like it. The more people that like these, this message, then, then the more other people get to hear this. You can actually subscribe to our site. In other words, there's all kinds of ways that you can participate that help other people. But be sure and go to impactministries.com and check out all the resources that we have. I'm telling you, uh, you, you just will find almost an endless supply because we believe that Jesus came to give us life to the fullest. That's what the Bible says. In other words, life at its best. And everything that we have on our website, everything that we have on our Facebook page, everything that we have anywhere is going to take you in that direction. It's not going to beat you up. It's not going to put you down. It's going to point you not only to the truth, but to the life that we have in Jesus. So get ready for the truth about Job, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.